heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today, Monday morning, the 29th of August. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers. Troy Setter will join us this morning. We're also going to talk to Matt Hammond, GM of the Darling Downs. We're going to talk about the obviously new Ackland Mine. The government finally giving it the big tick and also Warren Honky will join us with a reunion that I think a lot of people will be very interested to hear about. It's a big show for you. It's Monday morning, the 29th of August. A very good morning to everybody across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, if you can go to Wooshka, you'll hear all the previous episodes which is available and we'll get to that as well. Let's get into it. Troy Setter, he joins us next. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin, Monday morning, Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Troy Setter joins us this morning from Consolidated Pastoral Company. He's the CEO and there's been absolutely extraordinary lengths taken by uh, CPC in taking shield to its two feedlots in Indonesia from foot and mouth and lumpy skin disease. He joins us this morning. G'day, Troy. How are you, mate? Great, Dobbo. Great to be with you. Um, this has been obviously a huge thing for you. We know the FMD and, and lumpy skin disease outbreaks being managed in Indonesia and no doubt that you've got a real headache on your hands, but how have you guys gone about just trying to, in a lot of ways, get it under control with, with the feedlots that you have in Indonesia and, and obviously manage this situation that is obviously changing from a day-to-day uh, situation? When um, Foot and Mouse was first uh, called in, in Indonesia and identified, we um, met with our team and the management team there, you know, straight away and, you know, really clear with the team that we had 600 direct employees um, and then about another 12,000 families that rely on the business up there and that 12,000 families is truck drivers and butchers and, and uh, you know, a great great big group of, of people that that was our absolute priority. We wanted to protect their, their livelihoods. And we also wanted to protect the cattle, but it was not about corporate profit or, or anything. It was was about their their yeah. jobs, and and everyone really got behind, and and uh, we ramped up our biosecurity dramatically, and the, and the team really embraced it, um, and that's been uh, been you know, the driving force behind our our success. Um, that uh, you know the massive changes in biosecurity on the on the properties, and and. Uh, and now we're uh, we're getting hold of vaccines, so that's uh, we've sort of you know, been able to keep it out. Now we're getting vaccine in our hands, which is great. So how did uh, that, that? That's a big thing because you are getting the vaccine now. But also, with the initial time, what was the biggest thing? I mean, obviously you got to stop trucks, you got to stop people coming in. How did you? What was the the first thing that you did to try and I suppose make sure that it was under control? I think ex- explain to people that you know, by, uh, exotic disease like foot and mouth is uh, is invisible. You can't see it, um, and that the main sources that bring it in are, are trucks, livestock, food, and and people and, and clothing. So we we immediately uh, started a triple washing of, of all all trucks and vehicles. Some days we get 150 trucks coming through, so they're They've got to turn up clean, they're triple washed, they're, in, they're also given a disinfectant wash. Um, the team that, that go into the feedlot are, are, um, have multiple foot baths, they get fully changed. Um, 
into clothes that we provide. We wash their, their clothes for them. Some days there's up to 800 pairs of clothes uh, given out. Um, and then we you know, really tightened up seg- segregation in, and, and regions within the, both of the feedlots and locked out all visitors. Um, and we didn't, we also stopped all red meat uh, being brought onto the property that was being, you know, being confu- uh, consumed because that was a, a risk of bringing it in as well. Let me guess, um, you started to eat your own. Tell me they, tell yeah, me they started yeah. eating their own. Finally, they get some decent meat out of there. Absolutely. It was uh, eat our own because none of us wanted to you know, go over to the dark side and eat chicken or fish. <laughs> so we. Uh... <laughs> I mean, 150 trucks a day, the wash town time and everything. I mean, obviously, you'd be running it around the clock. There's a lot of, lot of stuff that goes. But now that you've got this biosecurity system in place, now that you are seeing the fruits of it and you're seeing it run, are you confident that you can keep it out? Yeah, I am. I think uh, the, the risk is certainly there. Foot and mouth disease isn't under control in Indonesia yet. Uh, I'm, I'm confident that over the next month or so we'll start to see a decline. But, yeah, statistically there's a decline, but that's just people, you know, aren't bothering testing. If, if they get, you know, animals with blisters on their feet and their mouth, if they're local producers, they just don't report and they, they nurse that animal through. Um, but we're uh, we're hoping the the impact of vaccines, but also the impact of natural immunity, will uh, will start to see some declining cases in Indonesia, and that'll take some of that that pressure off. But I think for the next couple of years, um, we're going to have to be so vigilant and vaccinate every animal, and and really keep our biosecurity tight, as it's going to take years for uh, for Indonesia to get this under control. There's 65 million cloven hooved animals, so 65 million animals at risk, and there's about 16,000 islands and uh, that most have livestock, so the logistics are just mind-blowing. I, I'm, I'm fascinated when you look at that and look at Indonesia. You, you're back in Australia. What should we be doing? I mean, we can't vaccinate yet because that obviously then makes it um, and this is a barbaric sort of rule. I, the, the initial thing I thought was when talking to Murray Watt, why wouldn't we just vaccinate everything now, get vaccination and, and prevent it here? But the bottom line is that when you do that, you automatically then go into the point that you are um, deemed uh, a nation with foot and mouth, which obviously closes a lot of your markets down. So what would you be – what's your advice and, and what are you looking at back here on, on Australian soil from a biosecurity perspective and, and to try and manage it from here? So all of our stations in uh, across northern Australia are, are, are very aware about foot and mouth disease. We've limited uh, visitors. Anyone who's been overseas in the last week can't enter those properties because foot and mouth can live in the human nose for you know, 48 hours or so, can live on boots for 12, 13 weeks, so full clothing, cleans, and, and making sure that people haven't been overseas for a good week. Um, we've got first response kits on each each property with uh, you know, disinfected gumboots, all of the things that you'd need to manage a, an isolated outbreak on a property. Um, and all the managers are, are fully aware. I think we've absolutely got to keep up the strength at Australia's airports. Um, but foot and mouth usually comes in in food um, or animals. There's no animals allowed to come from foot and mouth disease countries into Australia, so that rules them out. But I think we should immediately ban the uh, the passenger food coming into uh, to Australia. There's certainly you know, great food in Australia and small amounts of, of passenger food coming into Australia are, are really high risk. It's confusing when you go through the airport what food you can and can't bring in and I'd like to see the, the banning of passenger food coming into Australia. 
Well, we late and to the, by mail. Oh, I agree with that. Were we late to the game? Um, I think we we were a little bit late to the game, but the the now being through the airports a few times, the, the massive changes are, are pretty significant. I think the the, the, the border security staff are, uh, are doing a, a, pr- a pretty bloody good job of uh, of tightening up uh, Australia's security at the airports. But it, geez, it'd take the pressure off if we did a total ban of food coming into Australia. The risk is just too high. Yeah, it's well said, and it's something no doubt that they're going to look at shortly. Appreciate your time, Troy. Um, good to hear from you, mate. And obviously, um, speaking at the Rural Press Club of Queensland lunch in Brisbane recently, you obviously. Uh, viewed that lots going on, isn't there in the um, in the industry at the moment? So it's a good thing that we are actually starting to see uh, some biosecurity and it becoming uh, very, very uh, importantly a big part of everybody. And, and what you've done at CPC, I think a lot of people listening today are putting those steps in place on the very, very slim chance that it does happen that they're protected. So uh, it's a good way to be. Appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks, Dobbo. Good on you, Troy Setter. We'll take a break. Come back. Rural Queensland today. Welcome back. Well, the Wallabies had a big win against South Africa in Adelaide, but more closer to home, it was the Darling Downs Rugby Union Competition Grand Final Weekend. Uh, It was held in Toowoomba, and it was a massive weekend of rugby union. To talk us through it, GM of Downs Rugby, Matt Hammond, he's been on this show many times before. Good morning, mate. How are you? Oh, g'day, Dobbo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the best grand final days that we've had um, with Darling Downs Rugby Union. So, um, the sublime weather, um, it's raining in Toowoomba today. Luckily, last Saturday was beautiful and we were greeted with some of the best grand finals. One of our former secretaries of the Referees Association, Jason Doig, he lives in Florida. Yeah. He said the B grade and the A grade grand final was the best he's seen in about five years. Uh, that's unreal. Let's start with the Emily Cherry Women's Competition, the Cup. It was the Toowoomba Bears who have had so much success, they almost got rolled. The Roma Echidnas... Uh, they, they, Toowoomba Bears defeated the Roma Echidna's uh, women's side 12 points to 10 in – it was nearly a boil over. There's no two ways about it. But, gee whiz, women's rugby has taken off for you. Oh, absolutely, Dobbo. Um, yeah, um, it's evidenced by um, eight of our women's players in the Queensland Country Orchid side to play in Adelaide this September. But, yeah, last Saturday with the Stag Machinery Emily Cherry Cup uh, Grand Final, there was a try scored in the last seconds by Liliana Rament. Um, that was in the corner. It came down to a conversion for Hannah Jenkins. My heart goes out to her. It just missed the sticks. Um, so 12-10 to Toowoomba Bears, their fourth premiership, which um, which was pioneered by the namesake of the Cup, Emily Cherry, and Gemma Etheridge was one of the players as well, both 2016 Rio gold medalists. And just very quickly, we had Meg Jenkins from the Roma Echidnas um, granted the Gemma Etheridge best and fairest 3-2-1 medallion the year. Well, it was a good story and, and and you know what, there's some heartbreak always in Rugby Union and so obviously some heartbreak in this one, but in the C grade, the Roma Echidnas, this is a great story. They win and defeated the Toowoomba Rangers 21 points to 10. They're on the rebuild, there's no two ways about it, the Echidnas, and this is a real a shot in the arm for them. Oh, that's right, Dobbo. The best storyline of the day, 15 years in the making, they last won the C grade ES Dooney Hayes Premiership. Um, sponsored by Verifax back in 2007. And in their regular season, they were fourth on the ladder. They had to beat the minor premiers last week, in the, a week earlier in the elimination final out at Riddles Oval, the Dolby Wheatman. So uh, uh, 
like um, with Facebook likes, 275 likes on that post there, Dobbo. The Roma, the Roma population is just ecstatic. Yeah, yeah. And, and rightly so, and it's a heartland. And obviously with the bush struggling in, in the last few years, the fact that they can have some joy, I mean, they haven't got to that point yet where they're – they're an A-grade, you know, and going to challenge the A-grade like they have in the past, but that's a great win for the Echidnas. Now, B-grade, who was really disappointing with Gundy because obviously that was a, it's a great side, but the Dolby Wheatman, they've been strong all year in B-grade, traditionally very strong club, and they went on with it 35 points to 20 in the B-grade grand final. That's right, Dolby. Um, Sam Merker, um, Dan Merker, sorry. Dan's been a mainstay of the Dolby club for years and years. Um, yeah, one of the best grand finals. In living memory, Dolby Wheatman, 35 points to 20. Yeah, our thoughts go out to Gunder win the Emus in two grand finals. But they have been the um, the epitome and um, re- really the benchmark of rugby union on the downs. And to see Dolby Wheatman go back-to-back in B grade, the Bill Flamsteed Cup, um, is absolute credit. And well done to Bart Turner steering that shippers coach. Yeah, that's a huge win for them. Uh, they would have partied hard. And the rivalry between Gundawindi and Dolby, it runs deep, doesn't it? It certainly does, Dobbo. Yeah, country rugby. Um, the, the crowd was bigger than, just as big, if not eclipsing the 2019 crowd. So the sea of sky blue of Roma Echidnas. Um, the Condamine Cods, they won the Ambulance Shield for best hospitality and, and spirit of rugby with the referees. Um, and to see Dolby and Gundy, in the, in the mix, um, just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, unreal. Now, listen, A-grade was always going to be tough. I actually thought Gundy would have won this one, but the Rangers took it all before them. They ended up winning 33 points to 20, but this game had it all. I saw one of the tries, and, and it's arguably one of the greatest tries, rugby tries I've seen in, this year uh, from the Rangers. It, it was proper rugby union uh, in the A-grade game. Absolutely, yeah. 18 minutes into the game. Anyone who gets the chance to see our social media or the full replay, downsrugby.com.au, click on that little V in the top right-hand corner. That's our Vimeo channel. Watch the full full games. 18 minutes into that into that um, game. Yeah, forward, forward movement, um, kick and roll, and then it was into a backline movement. Brandon Murray, the, um, the Vince Birmingham player of the grand final for the RDO Risen Cup A grade. Um, he threw a, a little uh, flick pass, um, re- reminiscent of, of um, like um, the, the Tigers NRL grand final. Benji Marshall. Yeah. Benji Marshall's pass, yeah. Or, or the flare of um, a fly half from the Wallabies. So it was just a brilliant backline movement. And, um, and, and it was really um, the benchmark, like I was saying earlier, of going to win the Emus. It was um, the Rangers were pushed. They were in the last grand, four grand finals there, Dobbo. And they just they, they learnt year after year to hold their resolve. The backline of the um, the local Toowoomba Chronicle today is Rangers keep their cool, and yeah. that that was the theme of Rangers. And well done to the coach Cam Donaldson and the president um, Stephen Weir. Yeah, it's a big one for them. How disappointed were Gundy? I mean, they were the benchmark all season and last season. They've been the benchmark for years. That's a huge yeah. burn for them. It is. Like um, my, my thoughts go out to Dom O'Connor, president. Um, Sam Tweedy, Captain Will Gilbert, um, but they'll come back stronger than ever. They've got a few veterans who will retire pretty soon, but there's so much youth coming through um, with Gunda Wendy. Their massive catchment down to Maury and Burrell, they have really good, um, really good um, youth coming through. 
And, and Dobbo, if I could just make a very special mention here, we had um, two incredible individuals um, inducted as life members of Downs Rugby. So, of course, Mike Hoare in AM. Yep, sure. And Chris Bell, who is um, a life member of Toowoomba Rangers as well. So those two two fantastic gentlemen inducted as life members at halftime during that A-grade match. Yeah, big crowd was out there, wasn't it? There was a massive crowd um, and it was good to see. Absolutely. Um, yeah, my calculations, we didn't have um, a ticket tape, but we, we would have reached eighteen or 1,900 people there, which is um, country rugby at its finest. Um, I spoke to the security guards, absolutely no incidents whatsoever. It was just good camaraderie and friendship in the crowd, and they enjoyed fantastic grand finals. Yeah, well said. Emily Cherry, Women's Cup, it was the Tuama Bears defeating the Roma Kidneys. Roma Kidnas won uh, C grade. They defeated the Rangers. Wheatman Dolby uh, defeated Gundy in B grade. And the Toowoomba Rangers defeated the Gundawindi Emus in A grade. And that caps off a great year. Appreciate everything, Matt. We'll talk to you in the new year, mate. But go and have a well-earned break. Thanks, Dobbo. And I just forgot, Sam Hogarth, our Malibu medalist, three, two, one in A grade. And well done, Dobbo. Thanks again for your support. Good on you, mate. We'll take a break. Uh, that's rugby done and dusted on the downs. This is Rural Queensland today. <laughs> Welcome back. Deb Frecklington joins us this morning and we have some big news uh, over the weekend and on Friday with the Ackland Mine finally getting the big tick, the new Ackland Mine getting the tick. This has only taken thousands and millions of dollars worth of uh, stuffing around uh, for them to finally come forth and, and obviously give it the tick. The media release came out, Scott Stewart, after careful consideration, I approved the mining lease for Stage 3 of the new Ackland project. The project requires an associated water licence from the Department of Regional Development, Manufacturing and Water. Deb Frecklington, good morning. Wow. Good morning, Dobbo. Good wow. morning, listeners. Wow, wow. <laughs> 12 years. 12 yeah, years. 12, 12 years of waiting and, and I would hazard to guess hundreds of jobs lost. We know that you know with all of um, with all of these years that have passed, the uncertainty around the approval of this amended stage three is, is simply quite incredible. And to sneak a media release out on a Friday afternoon is a strange way to make such a big announcement as well. Why did they so do that? Oh, look, who would know? But normally the Palaszczuk government, when they're trying to hide an announcement, they put a media release out. No. No um, press conference or anything. They just slip it out on a Friday afternoon late, usually after the media have gone home for the week. So, look, it's an interesting way to announce it, but it is um, does give a great deal of relief to those people on the Darling Downs. Now what needs to happen is that associated water licence. Uh, and we're in Parliament this week and we'll certainly be pushing the government to make sure that that happens promptly. And the people of the Darling Downs don't have to wait another 12 years to make sure that their jobs are secure. So can I can I um uh, and ask this is it that you think that they've done a deal that they with the Greens and that they're trying not to get backlash because it's so hypocritical of what they preach verbally and publicly yet we know full well without mining and without gas the, the royalties that they charge is just beyond belief and that they wouldn't survive do you believe that this is the reason why they have gone a little bit quiet on it Oh, look, without a doubt, Dobbo, I think there's, um, you know, many people would argue that the Palaszczuk government like to say one thing in Brizzy and another thing out regional, in regional Queensland. I mean, that's quite well known. Uh, it is obvious, too, that the, the Premier is doing everything she can to stop the increase of green votes uh, in Brisbane and 
and that's a real issue for the government. Um, but what we need to see is we need to see these mines approved so we can continue to build our roads, our hospitals. You know, right now in the Water Minister's own electorate in Gladstone, the maternity section of the Gladstone Hospital, which I would hazard to a guess is quite a big, you know, area for sure. birthing, has been closed down. It's on ice. So this is where, you know, we need to make sure that these government ministers understand it's now happening in the water minister's own electorate. So let's hope, um, you know, that they do start waking up, that we need, you know, we do need the resources industry to pay the royalties so we can have the hospitals open and, so, you know, mums can give birth in regional Queensland. That's the thing. And, and what we do here um, a lot, and, and I mean this, is that we hear a lot about a lot of hospitals, a lot of health not getting in the in the regions, not getting any money. You talk about new roads and you talk about all this money from the royalties and having these mines, but yet the money doesn't come back into the regions. That's my concern. Yeah. That, 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 that And that's being honest. I, I look at this and I go, okay, this is great. Now the mining lease has been ticked, okay? It's been – there's been – it's gone. New Hope finally have something. They can expand. We know it's going to – Create more jobs. It's going to be. It's a thermal coal mine, ten kilometres from town of Oakey, right from north to Wombat. There's going to be more jobs. Towns will spot. But boy, oh boy, where the money doesn't go back in there. That's the that's the cold hard truth. Yeah, look, and it, it is important to note that you know with the approval of this um, of of New Auckland, um, what it means is for all of those smaller towns around that that you know the heavier industries that that support that mine. I mean, that's where those jobs, you know, are more secure now. But without a doubt, we also know, Jobbo, a huge increase in royalty income this year thanks to the Treasurer blindsiding the resources industry and jacking up the royalties that they take you know, from these big mining companies. And, yes, the big mining companies have had a good year, no, no doubt about it. But it's a huge injection, billions of dollars um, of cash coming into the Queensland economy, and that's why we need to be making sure that that, you know, the we've we've got a six billion dollar backlog, uh, sorry, backlog on road maintenance, just yeah. road maintenance. That's not even new roads, and that's in regional Queensland. So, with the big, you know, injection of cash from royalties, we need to make sure the Labor government are spending it in the places where it's coming from, and that's regional Queensland. Deb, what do you think for for the towns of Oakey and, and Toowoomba and, and even Kingaroy and, and people are surrounding there, it, does it, does, it doesn't rain money straight away, but long term it shores up its future, doesn't it? Yeah, and look, that's, that's the most important thing. People invest in their local businesses uh, if they know that there's a, a secure future for it and, and a Big team, you know, it could be considered like an anchor tenant. You know, a mine such as Ackland really does provide that security for those long-term, you know, businesses to stay long-term in those areas. And we we know those areas closer into the southeast are growing, um, but they do need security of jobs, and that's exactly what hopefully this approval will give some security of those long-term jobs. So when you when you see these kind of things and you talk about these kind of long-term jobs, I mean, does somebody need to hold the, 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 the government to account? I mean, last week Anastasia Palaszczuk went on holidays and I, I'm not begrudging her, but, you know, the, it just seems to be it seems to be such a controlled situation at the moment. Without Anastasia, no one does anything. And, and I mean, you've you've gone to battle against her. You, you obviously, the opposition leader, you know better than most. It, it just seems that 
the more control, the longer she gets, the more power she gets, the more destructive she gets. And I mean that and this state's going backwards off the back of her control and, and, and it is out of control. Yeah, look, no one begrudges the leader or the premier to have a holiday. have a holiday. I mean, oh. yeah, she's lucky she gets um, wined and dined on on super yachts. That's something that most Queenslanders would would never get a chance to do. But I mean, no one begrudges her that. The issue here with this, um, the the premier being, you know, on a super yacht, it's not the issue. The issue is the fact that the cabinet was cancelled. The Cabinet Handbook says that the Cabinet meets once a week and if the Premier cannot attend, the Deputy Premier will preside over the Cabinet. Now, I know many of your listeners are probably happy that Stephen Miles won't be presiding over Cabinet, but the point of it is, if the Premier cannot trust her own Deputy Premier, then she needs to appoint a new one. Or if the people of Queensland can only rely on the Premier to do that, to chair cabinet, then the people of Queensland need to consider whether they need to get a new premier. So this is this is the issue here. The premier doesn't obviously trust. We've now heard um, that it's a factional war going on between the right and the left in the Labor Party as to why the premier won't give the deputy premier the you know the ability to chair the meeting. I mean, this guy gets paid the big bucks. How about you know she? She trusts him to do the job. If the Premier wants to go on holidays and then grind the government to a halt, this is where decisions get made. There are people awaiting decisions coming out of that Cabinet meeting. And because the Premier doesn't trust anyone um, and she goes on holidays, again, not about going on holidays or the super yacht, it's the fact that she doesn't trust anyone to chair the meeting unless it's her. And the government is grinding to a halt. We've seen that. We've got a health crisis. We've got a regional housing housing crisis. And we know nearly every regional business and city business, for that matter, is screaming out for employees. So what's the government doing about it? Yeah. 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 And, and that's the issue. That's huge issues. Careful consideration um, it, it, for uh, Scott Stewart announced on Friday. New Ackland project is open. Uh, they've given, granted the mining lease for stage three. Big news. Uh, Deb Frecklington, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. No worries, Dobbo. Have a good one. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin. It is Monday morning, the 29th of August. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, this bloke is very well known throughout rural and regional Queensland. Former agent, now part of the Allied Beef Stable, Warren Honky. He joins us this morning. Honk, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us on Rural Queensland today. Good morning, Dobbo. Uh, oh, good to be here. Mate, um, I I, uh, I love this story we're about to share. Um, obviously, you were a proud agent for a long, long time and there, there's a band of you together that all started together working for Primac and Primac was such a proud company. And if you talk to anybody... Anybody, um, they all say the same thing. Just what a wonderful organisation it was, and and how they always, they all, everybody that ever worked there just loved the values and the ethos of what Primac actually had. Lo and behold, yeah, there was true. there was a merger, and then became Primac Elders, and then we became Elders, and <laughs> the rest is history. The rest Watch is history. That. Yeah, no more Primac. <laughs> But, mate, you started this a little while ago. There, There is a band of you, and, and, and I just want to hear how you began this Primac, this Prime, not Primac Elders, this Primac Facebook page and membership, old boys and old women who all worked for the company. Yeah, mate. So I was, I was actually at a, at a function after, or dealing in Scrimmage, I think it was, and there were, there was the federal, and it was, the group was about 
I was down there having a yarn, and I said, I said, I said we all work for Primex. And uh, I said, yeah, geez. And I said, yeah. and I said uh, we should have a bloody reunion one day. So that put it in the thing. And the guy, yeah, that's a great idea. But uh, that's sort of probably uh, a year later or so or something, or Stevie Gaffey's the other, other instigator. We, I saw somebody put on Facebook with a Primex notebook or something. And, and I rang him and said, right, I'm going to start a Facebook page and see what we can get to get this reunion going. And uh, oh, within a few days, we had 100 people. And uh, it would just be sort of exploded from there. So... Uh, We've uh, now formed. We've got, we've actually formed a committee. We're a non-profit organisation, and uh, it's just gone uh, gangbusters over the website now. And uh, yeah, it's it's just uh, yeah, really taken off. How many members you got now? We've got four hundred and forty members on Facebook. Yep. Um, but we've got a we've actually got a membership on uh, like a Primac Guru's website. Uh, we've you know we're trying to get members on that now. But sort of uh, it's, we've got a web uh, web page there now with uh, all lots of bios and history on the branches. Uh, so that'll be forever held now. Uh, with some old legends on there. Like I was only a baby, really. I suppose in the days when Primac was oh, when Primac uh, you know before the merge. So I was, I'd only done about five years or something with, with Primac before the merge happened. So I'd only be one of the babies of the group, but uh, there's a lot of uh, old boys getting on there, a lot of information on the Facebook page and photos and memorabilia people have got. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and obviously these kind of things, the reunions, you had your first reunion last year. We're talking with Warren Honky from Allied Beef. We're going to get to the market in a minute, but just around this Primac Guru's Facebook and, and website where people who worked for Primac – now, there is some credentials. Like, I work for Primac Elders. If you, if you started under both, you're not involved. It's it's purely people who work for Primac and their time. Yeah, mate. It's in pre-97 there when uh, when Primac was rocking it, all primaries and McTaggart's employees as well, uh, which goes back, back away as well. There's a fair few of them on there as well. Um, but, yeah, it was just sort of started because, it, like I say, it was a great company and, and great great blokes working in it and uh, everyone got on well. So uh, that's where it sort of come from, yeah. Honk, um, reunions are always big. You had a huge reunion last year and obviously there's another one taking place. Yeah, mate, we got another one in uh, on October the 29th this year at the Tonga City Golf Club. Where, like I say, a lot of older blokes, uh, well, not even older blokes, there's a lot of Folks, our age that aren't on Facebook and uh, don't get to all the social media stuff, so we sort of want to put the word out there to uh, to get it out there for people that aren't on that that want to come. There's a lot of people who didn't go that didn't know it was on, so uh, we're just trying to get the word out and uh, get everyone to you know just check on the on the uh, Facebook page, Primac Guru's Facebook page, and check it out and. Uh, yeah, try to get more people there this year, yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And obviously this is – and it's a non-for-profit um, and, and what a phenomenal co- – it was a good company. Everybody, I mean, I didn't – have you got Tuck involved yet? Is he a member yet? Yeah, Tuck's there. Yeah, he's, he's, no, I don't think he's paid his membership. He's a member of Tuck, yeah. Scotty? There. Scotty, yeah. Scotty loves me. He's a keep on coming out of the woodwork, wouldn't they? It was a great yeah. company, wasn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. It was really good. It was a very sad day. Very sad day when they shut it down. Yeah, um, obviously business rolls on. Mate, the market, uh, Allied Beef, obviously, you know, James McLean, um, very well known and, and the job that, 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 that you guys do, obviously it's it's a big part, but the the market very strong at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's ducks and dives and going sideways and up and down at the moment, but it's uh, still 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 at a good level on the wieners of, the way, the way young wieners have kicked again and they've, they've sort of, you know, they've jumped up again, but, uh, you know, the export, the heavy feed is a sort of... Uh, they well, they strengthen again the other week, but they sort of uh, the money at the other end for those for hundred day fellows is not real wasn't real good for the new year. But 
it seems to have uh, kicked again. It's a bit of supply there. You, you know, it seems to be uh, supply and demand is always the way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's sort of still, still, you know, I mean, it's dropped to where it was, you know, a couple of months ago, but it's still very solid. Yeah, you're dead right. I appreciate your time. The 29th of October is the Primac Gurus um, reunion. It's an annual event. And they now have a Facebook page and a website, uh, the Primac Gurus. Now, you need to go on, obviously, there, and the details are there. You pay your membership, you join, and obviously, this is a great organisation. A lot of people listening to us to across Queensland um, who would be in contact with people who used to or, or work, it's open to anybody that worked for Primac, yep. that great yep. company pre-1997. So if you are part of that, you can go to the Facebook page, get in contact with Warren Honky, you can get in contact with anybody there. And and Honk, and mate, there's a little bit of membership and that and that's it. You sign up and then you're part of it. Yeah, mate, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't, we've got, uh, we've got, you know, there's, well, there is a membership there. Like we've, like I say, we have a website and, uh, you know, we've got to pay, you know, pay to keep all that sort of stuff running. We've got a, another thing we're sort of, uh, with the Miles Museum, we're sort of trying to get, uh, a bit of history, uh, saved there with the memorabilia and, uh, and lots of videos and stuff. So, you know, like the first, uh, that TV auction, you know, the telly auction, we've got sure. that, you know, that, that's all there. So we're trying to preserve all that history of Primac and so yeah, that all costs money and, uh, and uh, you know, we hope one day, you know, if, if everyone pays them, we sort of, you know, be able to support support things with that as well. So uh, that's the whole idea of the show is to, is to uh, you know, get the members in there so we can, uh, we can support other things, yeah. You're dead right. Appreciate your time. Uh, it's a great thing. Primac was a great company. Uh, the Primac Gurus, their reunion, the 29th of October. We'll take a break, come back with more. Thank you, Warren Honky. Great to chat. This is Rural Thank Queensland you, today. Good talking, mate. See you, brother. Thank you. Good on you. Yeah, mate. Well, that's it from us here this morning. Ray Hadley joins you next. Lots going on around the world. Looking forward to hearing what Ray has to say. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow from 9am. And remember, when the weed is ripe, you keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Have a wonderful day, Queensland. Till next time, it's bye for now.